As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> you are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> this is Let's Get Jacked Up on Fringe Radio Network. That was cool. Wow. You know, Tim, every time I look over at you when you do that, I'm convinced you're constipated. <laughs> Did you just soil yourself? Maybe. You would not be wrong in most cases. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Jacked Up. Jacked Up. Yeah. Oops. There's the echo still on there. There we go. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yes, always technical difficulties over here. Always. Well, you know, when we have, we forgot to feed the hamster, and I think it died. <laughs> so, um, yep. Yeah. Are you all right, little man? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm stuck here looking at you. <laughs> Can't keep my eyes off of him. Just get in there so I don't have to look at him anymore. And that's too bad, man. It is unfortunate. <laughs> Sorry it's for a, you. Well, story of my life. Yeah. You know, this is the Fringe Radio Network, Bob. Do you understand what it means to be fringy? <laughs> when you uh, when you talk about things being too fringy, oh, the only thing that I can understand from you is I think of, like, uh, pillows. The fringe on pillows. <laughs> wow. Is that, uh, is that what you are referring to? Hello, my little friend. Uh, no, I think that's Frenchy. French. No. I don't know. It's French. You know, it's the little the uh, French, those Frenchy. little dangly things on the uh, around the fluffy pillow. Hey, you know, let me tell you about some about French made. <laughs> oh, that's a different story. Oh, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, I hear you guys, and I just want to put it out there that this will most likely be my wackiest podcast. Getting <laughs> 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 all jacked up or what? Yeah, jacked <laughs> up, man. How you I been, know. brother? You look good. And that's what counts. I feel, I feel old. Well, I don't yeah. know why. I feel old well, and moldy. You know. Old and moldy? That's old a weird combination. <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to do this. Yeah, I can get a real job. Yeah, what, what would you do? I want to be a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> that was a dud. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Were you expecting something else? <laughs> yeah. Coming to you live somewhere deep in Fresno, California, it's Let's Get Jacked Up! Sinners Saved by Grace. Here are your hosts, Tim, Bobby, Jack, and Karen. Jacked up! Here we are with the Jack himself, Jack Blankenship. Welcome back, Jack. And how are you today? I feel like a radio disc well, why, jockey. Why do you always? Why do you always say welcome back, Jack? It's like I went somewhere. I ain't going anywhere. I've been here. You went all over the place. I go all over the place, right? <laughs> Jack's all, all over. I go all over the place in my mind. Uh, you know, back in the day, Tim, with the. When when I used to get smoke a lot of marijuana as a teenager, there was a, there there was an old uh, yeah I ain't held too oh. unlike some of these politicians I really enjoyed it that's right um, and uh, but the the say that they didn't inhale like Obama oh I did it but I didn't inhale Clinton, oh, no no that was know? Clinton yeah that was Clinton yeah yeah what 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 did you say Bill I told you I did not inhale but I did inject. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, so, you know, back then there was a, a saying that says, take a trip without ever leaving the farm. Well, I don't need drugs to do that anymore. I just do it in my head automatically. I don't need the, the influence of, of of things that get into my head except uh, except God. Well, know? we know that on the show, don't we, folks? Yeah. Hey, Jack, have you see, did you see what uh, Donald Trump said today? No, I I I don't watch much news, bro. I don't watch any news actually. So he had a big announcement, and uh, it was for his. It's not even a big announcement, but he's selling some digital cards, and it's NFT, and uh, they're picture cards, you know, like baseball or football cards. Right. But it's him on on every card, and it's and one of these cards has him on a white horse. And with a, with a American flag, and uh, yeah, so I tell you, and then he's got one with a superhero, uh, you know, outfit on, where like a Superman, but right. instead of like an S, it's a T, you know, for Trump, and, right? Uh, so it's just very eerie, to be honest. America needs a superhero. America needs a superhero. The, it, well, we got to do another show on it. Yeah, I got to send you some of these pictures, man. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, I told you that, that what God put on my heart, and, you know, I haven't, I, I know that Trump is, the, is needed here politically. But then I started looking at it, and 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 God showed me that we are in the midst of a perfect spiritual storm. Yes. And all of a sudden, I realized that the Antichrist coming into power is a gift from God to for to do the boiling, to do the 
the purification of Christians to get all these so-so people, all these uh, great, you know, it says in the Bible, lukewarm, I'll spew you out from my mouth. Was to get all. I think we're be, we're getting ready to be put through the fire so that we that purity comes back to God's church. Okay, mm. that that his that, and I think that we need two churches, Tim. I think every church needs to go from having their, you know, morning service and afternoon service, uh, because for people's convenience. I think we need to go to two churches. We need to go to a church uh, for the entire public, the lost, and everybody. And I think that we need a church for the saved. Not yeah. saved by word, saved by action. Right. The Bible says that that even Satan, the, the angels, the, the demons, they relent and cower in, in the face of Christ. Okay? So they know who he is. Oh, yeah. They believe, they believe in him. They also believe know his power and believe in his power. Okay? Yeah. And his authority. And I think that, that that they fear him. This is a healthy thing, Tim. Fear is a healthy thing. Tim, you fear of breaking a leg. So guess what? You try and do everything you naturally in your walk in the daily life. Don't walk out in front of cars. You and you're naturally in your daily life. You do everything to to keep from getting hurt. Well, that's a fear. That's a healthy fear. We need to be the same way with God. We need to have such a healthy fear of God, not a reverence of his authority, as I hear preached in the modern churches, but a, a healthy fear that we do not get hurt by our own God because he will spank us. Yeah. Okay, he's our father. Do you spank your children? Do you put your children on timeout? I should say that's a more modern thing. Oh. Do you put your children on timeout? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so you know, your children have a fear of a healthy fear of timeout. Inmates had a healthy fear. I mean, bad guys had a healthy fear of being executed on death row. That's gone. They don't have that no more. So now they're emboldened. They used to have a healthy fear of going to prison, spending their prison behind bars. Now uh, life in prison is, is like seven years on good behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay? So they don't have that fear anymore. They used to have a fear of going to prison because they would be put on a road crew and they'd have to dig weeds and and plant gardens and and break rocks and you see it on in the movie Rambo, the first movie. Yeah, and we break breaking rocks, right? Yeah. Okay. They found that to be illegal. They can't make them work. The separation from their family is is hard enough. If they work them, they got to pay them now. So they have no fear of being in. As a matter of fact, they made it incentivized incentives they started letting them go to college and get their degrees while the government paid for everything while they were in prison so that when they got out in reforming them they could get real jobs so now we have inmates that are attorneys and accountants and everything else that while they're still spending the rest of their life they're they're acting as attorneys for other inmates okay yeah the the, the whole system because you take away the spanking you take away the pain, you take away the fear, and all of a sudden society can now, kids can now walk into stores and walk out with armfuls of, of coats and clothing. As long as it's under $1,000, it doesn't matter. But who? nobody's sitting there counting it. Right. 
they're walking in, whole groups of them are walking in and just grabbing whatever they want and walking out the door. And the police, don't, the, 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 they don't even bother with them. I was in Skechers the other day, and the, the girls behind the counter, some guy walked, put on a pair of shoes and walked out. Mm. And, and, and I said, wow, I think you just put on a pair of shoes and walked out. And they looked at him and said, yeah, those are probably our shoes. We'll file a report. Oh. And, they, and they, none of them. They, they have a company policy that they are not to stop anybody from stealing. Wow. Wow. So what are we going to do? What are businesses going to do? They're going to go to more online shopping. This is going to force a, a situation. This is going to force them to put, like Walmart, to put more things behind glass uh, doors that you, the most stole stuff at Walmart is put behind in, in glass cases. So you got to ask somebody to get it out for you. So eventually everything will be digital. And eventually everything will be digital and everything will be by order. So you'll be like uh, Sears and Roebuck when back when people lived in the mountains and the uh, rural areas, they didn't have stores to go through. They would send in a mail order request for what they wanted and three months later they'd get whatever they wanted delivered in the mail. Mm. If it fit, it fit. If it didn't, it didn't. Right. You know, and now we have and so they're to where they're getting it to us as fast as possible and they started a, a policy some of them to where if you get it and you don't like it you can send it back immediately oh. and it doesn't cost you anything you just gotta go drop it off at an Amazon store yep. very convenient very convenient yeah. so we're gonna go to a point where did you? I told you the other day that 40% 41% of all the businesses in America, this is the largest statement, Tim, that you will ever hear. Hopefully, 41% of all the businesses in America cannot pay their rent this month. Wow. Well, that's not good for the economy, is it? No. If they can't pay their rent, they're not paying their people. There's Their company's shrinking. They got no money to grow. They got no money for overhead. They got no money to pay their rent. They're going to get evicted. Their company's going to shut down. Right. Wow. And with that shutdown, all the jobs are lost. Yeah. Well, we're here yeah. uh, live with uh, Jack Blankenship. And, Jack, you brought up to my attention something that very interesting, actually, um, uh, outreach. And uh, you had a very good idea. You know, there's there's homeschools, there's Christian schools, but a lot of people can't afford Christian schools anymore because they're so expensive. So... Your idea was interesting. Shall we go with into your idea? Why don't you explain what you what you had in mind? Well, Tim, you know, it's not a new idea. What's really crazy is it's not my idea. It's God's a way that God's churches have been built throughout all of history in mission fields. You know, Tim, when you go into an, an a mission field, we all support foreign mission, okay? But say you're going into a country that's never heard of Christ. How do you reach people for Christ? Well, it's it's called generational or legacy. Okay, you you don't you might not be able to turn people who are set in their ways like adults. Okay, you might not be able to influence too many of them. You might have to talk to one in five hundred. To get one to to actually kind of get what you're saying, 
Are you eating potato chips? Oh, I didn't know you could hear that. <laughs> oh, I hear it clear as day. My bag crumbling, everything. <laughs> yes. Um. Wow, I didn't know I was that entertaining. Thank you. Um. <laughs> Very entertaining. You eat popcorn and chips. Yeah, watching a movie. It's like a movie, you know. Um, Anyway, so, you know, Billy Graham uh, said something. He said when they went into Asian countries where, like India, that they had to really, really uh, clarify with the people that they were accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they could have no other gods. They had to make this clear because... In, their, in some of the foreign countries, they have multiple gods. And like in Greece, they didn't want to, like the Greeks back of old, they didn't want to uh, get any gods mad at them, okay? They didn't want to rub any gods wrong. They might, they might truly serve one god, but they still honored and paid homage and accepted the the. Uh, gods that had other points of views and stuff so they they gave them a bit of respect okay they accepted that they were god and so a lot of a, a lot of these countries especially asian countries they had multiple they have multiple gods and so therefore they would just add a god if you came in with with uh with uh, allah or you came in with with uh, a different god that they never heard of they would just add the god to the list of gods and they would pay homage to that God. And if you said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? They'd say, yes. And they truly meant it. Yes, they did. Did they accept his, his, uh, his, uh, what he was saying? Yes. Yes, they did. And they, 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 they basically they, that what, uh, what uh, aligned itself to the others was philosophy. They, if the philosophy matched, they, yeah, they accept. I mean, how many people accept everything? How many of us keep the Ten Commandments? Okay. How many people yeah. keep all the, the, the uh, you know, how many people are still out there laying hands on and in the Christian world? There's whole groups that don't do, don't believe in faith healing anymore. They believe if God wants you healed, they pray about it. He'll heal you if he wants to. Okay. And so people quit laying hands on they quit healing other people they quit casting out demons and because it doesn't it doesn't fit into the religion right okay the philosophy okay but even christ when he talked about the jews he said you know the word but you deny the power of the holy spirit you deny its power and um and they quit healing. Remember the woman who bled for like 12 years or something? Okay. And I think that's um, what they, he was talking about. That's what he was talking about. And um, and so we choose through philosophy to deny certain things and accept certain things. Well, one of the things that was accepted in outreach was, uh, hey, we have a pastor. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, paid, he's paid by the church. Why don't you talk to my pastor? We started inviting people to church. We started, instead of asking people, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? uh, We started just inviting people to church because it was non-confrontation. It was easier. Now there's churches that aren't even asking people to walk down, make a a public profession of acceptance of Jesus Christ. They're asking them to walk down the aisle 
They're not even asking them to walk down the aisle. They're, they yeah. say, meet us afterwards in this back room, and we'll talk and see if you understand the precepts and our and and our 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 church beliefs. Because if you if you accept Christ here, you become a member of our church. Are you okay with that? That means you have to pay a tithe. That means you got to do this. You know, they they have all these things that they want to regulate before you come join in our club. You got to understand the rules of our club. And that started about 15 years ago or so, you know, where it just kind of died out. I think it started like 20, 25 years ago and started coming on strong yeah. over 15 years ago. Okay. And it, the idea, because as churches started dying in the 80s and 90s, they were looking for a way to grow their church. And one of the ways was to get us to go after the parent, go after people that would tithe. It was all of a sudden it switched from going after people who needed Christ to Dude. going after people who would be good tithers. Right, to the and, money. And the money. Yeah. And so they were serving the wrong master and their churches suffered for it. Some of them, many of them have gone under and mega churches have exploded. Right. Okay. Now the mega churches have something that the small churches don't have. And that is the mega churches has entertainment. It of- has activities. And because they have loads of money, because even if only a third of the people tithe and give offerings, if they can, they got books for sale and stuff that make up the rest. They got a retail store in their churches that will pay the rest. They got a coffee shop that will pay the rest. They got youth events that cost one hundred and twenty dollars to send your kid to a camp. That'll pay the rest. Okay, so it's a business. It's turned it's turned God's church into a corporate. And it sounds more like a school function than a church. Yes. Okay. Well, Tim, in missionary countries, which I believe California and America have become, in missionary churches across the world throughout history, the first thing that missionaries did was they did they did outreach. They went door to door, talked to people, and prayed with people, and they helped. They they gave sermon that they did the the final sermon at the re- when people would die they would do marriages all the same stuff that they're now doing that they charge for okay right they did it for free and this showed the world that and became and the, and the world became dependent on on a minister being at the funeral it became dependent on getting married in the eyes of God in church by a pastor or a priest, okay? It became standard, in other words. Now we charge for this stuff. We right. charge to bear to be to do a, a funeral. Pastors charge it's a career. Okay? Right. I think I think we need to stop for a moment and backtrack because two things happened. One is that pastors they need their cost of living covered. But pastors, when I was a kid, I thought, how? why would anybody do this? Because I was still of the world. Oh, yeah. I thought, why would anybody do this? They live in a parsonage at the church that the church built, a house they built or a house they owned, and that the pastor could and his family could live in for free. And they might pay the pastor, you know, at that time, 600 bucks a month, you know, to cover some of his food costs and stuff. But the church paid the electric bill. The church paid the power energy bill. The church paid the phone bill. The church supplied a vehicle for the family. 
uh, for the pastor to do his thing. And what it did was it freed up them. They didn't have all the basic debt that most people have a hard time making in California. They didn't have the goal to become wealthy or to own rental properties. The young ministers had a mission. They were missionaries. And their only goal was to spread the word of God. They wanted to plant seed. They wanted to reap the harvest. And I think we need to get back to that. We need to refocus on that. And one of the ways to do it is to have schools. Because in every mission church overseas that's that's that when they started, what was the first what what did Wycliffe do? Well they went over and they started educating children. Hmm. And what do they do in missions that in super poor countries like like Korea and Vietnam? Right. They have open they have a a, a covered barn and they have and they have school in there and they teach them to read and write the basics read write math english they teach them w- via the bible so they automatically teach the bible they automatically teach about god it's within the structure of the learning but their kids who couldn't get an education otherwise and the family doesn't have the money to get pay for a public education because in those countries, public education costs a lot of money compared to how much they actually make. Right. So a lot of kids go uneducated. Okay. And so it, 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 there was a problem. And the problem was, Tim, was their kids weren't getting an education. Right. Well, you know, and, and uh, what you were saying earlier, there might be a handful or two left over that still lives in, in parsonage and all that, but um, it's very few and far between. So, um, right. you know, everybody wants to own their own home now. Right. Everybody wants to own their own car. They want to give an allowance to the pastor for his vehicle. They want everybody. I go to a church, Tim. That I think everybody that's uh, that 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 is uh, you see on Sunday morning is paid somehow. What I will say is, because my dad, you know, he had a choice. He could have a, there was a duplex on on uh, the church property that they owned, and he could have stayed in that duplex, oh, but he decided not to, and this is because he knew, and this is actually smart of him, he knew that if something went wrong in the church, he would get fired or get booted out or something, and then he would have nowhere to live. So he... He graciously said no, thank you, and built his own house. But it was very close to the church, so it was right across uh, this parking lot. And so it was his own house. He he owned it, but uh, it was right there. So he kind of had the best of both worlds in that regard. Well, yeah, Tim, what what you're talking about is not whether or not your dad and mom wanted to own their own home. Yeah. What you're talking about is they wanted to alleviate the option of someone in the church getting mad and firing them. Yes. Getting them fired. That's what they want. They wanted to, uh, an insurance policy because the, the, the people that, that shouldn't be firing a pastor have the authority to fire a pastor. Right. Okay. And he wanted to avoid all that. He wanted to avoid all that. So this is another sat- satanic move to alter the church through greed. Okay? Yeah. 
own, those greedy people feel like they have power and authority over the pastor and their right to terminate him. That's wrong. God calls a minister to ministry. And so I think we have to get back to the basics. When a missionary goes into a mission field, that mission missionary is 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 it's his mission. It's her mission. Okay? Right. It has nothing to do that when the when the pastor takes over a church, a pastor of a church, it now becomes his mission. And we have to start looking at it that way as church. Our deacons and our elders and our voting body need to get out of the way and let the and let the mission take over. And what's happening? What's happening? And we're seeing it's almost like an a, 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 a evolution. What we're seeing happening is churches dying, and the mission church is starting up in their church. Oh. Okay. Because the church is ultimately owned by, in a lot of places, the denomination. A lot of organizations are owned by the Southern Baptist Association. Mm -hmm. It's not owned by the church members. Right. Okay. Where it used to so, be. It, right. And so um, I think we have to get back to a missionary concept and start schools. Whether, you know, I, I you have so many teachers and retired uh, dean of schools and so many retired teachers and so many teachers that are that are that are that aren't working right now or whatever that we could literally open a a um, homeschool co-op type system in every church in America and and the only cost that we'd have Tim <clears throat> is the learning material. Okay. Right. And and the buildings we already own as a as a as God's people, we already have the facilities. Okay. So if say Tim, I, when I was in Florida, I saw something that was that was unique to me, and that was a co-op. And what it was was the 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 these kids were homeschooled in the Christian arena, and one day a week they went to this church. And they had class in their church, and they had a teacher there for that one day a week for different subjects. So, say they wanted the the, the their kid to be athletic. Mm -hmm. Well, there be a there might be a coach there that's that's a licensed certified coach, and he would volunteer one day a week to be there so that they could do track and field or they could play soccer or whatever. And what they found was that there was tons and tons of people that already have the credentials that are required to do this and um, that would volunteer to do it and not look for a huge wage. Back in the day, Tim, the only person in a church that got paid was a pastor. Hmm. And the only reason why, and the pastor didn't get paid to get rich. Right. The pastor got paid to survive, to to that his needs would be met. Okay, yeah. his family's needs would be met. Not that he would have, you know, he'd make a hundred and fifty grand a year and be able to live in a four hundred thousand dollar, five hundred thousand dollar home. Okay, drive a Mercedes. Yeah, now, it should now, be enough to survive, and anything more he put into it, that's on him. But right, well, yeah. be you know. Uh, 
there was a pastor Davenport that I really respected. And he told me my father-in-law stayed it was at a church who was a good pastor, spoke the truth in the word. And but yet he could only it's like he he God he was a split pastor. A split pastor, Tim, you know what a split pastor is, right? Yeah, he pastors half the time and then does his actual work some, you know, the other half. Well, no, that that's a different that's that's also uh uh, dual occup dual occupation pastor. Yeah. What I'm calling a split pastor is when is a past a church that goes into a split and they divide the church up. Half the church leaves and starts their own church with a pastor. Oh. And they come in and rebuild the broken church. Okay, or bring the church back together. And that those last about three or four years until the same reason they split in the first place reemerges. <laughs> so now you have like three different congregations, <laughs> right? And so uh, he every four, three to five years he was moving to a different church right. in a different location. Okay, and uh, and but Pastor Davenport didn't. He would be with a church for fourteen to twenty years. And I asked him one day, I said, I said, what is my dad doing? What am I, what's my father-in-law? I called him dad. What's he doing wrong? He says, he's not doing anything wrong. And I said, well, why does he keep having to bounce every five years, three to five years to a different church? He goes, because it's the people. Uh. He goes, there's, a, there's the people that think they control the church. They think they're in control of the money in the church. He goes, and they've forgotten that the pastor is the shepherd of the church. Right. And the pastor should be shepherding. He goes, and the problem is, is income. They have control over his income. And the, and if they stop tithing, they can't afford to pay the pastor. Therefore, the pastor has to go get another job. And he goes, he goes, the pastor can only go so many months without getting his, his, uh, what he needs to survive. Yep, and, and plus right? health, plus health insurance. Right, mm -hmm. and and so what he said, he said, but these people don't understand that they're doing Satan's work. Mm. He goes, they're they're robbing the pastor, they're choking the pastor out that God put in place. See, they forgot that God calls the shepherd, not the people. Right, right. Over the flock. See, they took the God part out. They took God out of it. And I think in in schools we've taken God out of it. And look schools what now cost, schools for Christians now cost five to seven thousand dollars. There's families in there. Well, I don't want the riffraff in the same school with my kids. Blah 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 blah. They don't want. Well, we don't want the inner city kids that are gang members and stuff coming to jail. Well, those are the ones that should be being taught about God. Right. Not so the, we're thinking, not the rich. We're, not the rich and the elite. You know. Right. So let the rich and the elite go to those schools that charge $10,000. Who cares? Let right. them go. What I'm saying is the local churches, the, the the small little church that has 13 families in it to 50 families in it, we need to go into these churches and adopt a school system where, we're reach, where each one of these churches can focus on educating local ch poor children in in a Christian manner, uh, people right now, people don't want their kids and we're in a storm. And, and the one thing that I do very good, Tim, is operate during a storm. That's, that's my gift from God is I don't get nervous. I see the solutions 
and I see how to help people. That's what God is. I've always done is work through storms. Okay. Right. And so when I looked at the situation, we're in a perfect storm for the growth of churches, especially small churches. Okay. If we go back to doing what missionary churches overseas have done forever, and that is, and the mission, the Catholic missions started here with the Native Americans and the, and the, and uh, in California, that's where the, you hear about all these mission Catholic churches. Yeah. What they did was they went out and they educated the people. They could come to school every day and it didn't cost them anything. Well, we have, uh, we've not there yet. We took that away. Okay. Right. We took it away. They could cut, You can go to the most impoverished, impoverished neighborhood, and you can, as long as you can meet the credentials and have the volunteer people, you can have a school in your church that costs you nothing but electric bill. You already have the buildings, Tim. You can, many of the pastors now are have doctorates or graduated from college. They could get their teaching credentials in a heartbeat. Right. But most churches have retired chief teachers in them that were in the school district that are still licensed. So they, so they can start little schools not focused on the teacher getting paid a salary, but for, and and to and charging a massive amount of tuition so that they can fund the church bills because there's not enough tithers for them to grow into a larger church. You know, we've had this church growth thing for so long that people literally leave churches because they're tired of being hounded for money to to build another building. Right, okay. Right. So so uh, and everybody's heard of a church fund to build the building expand. Okay, because pastors, that seems to be their goal. Instead of reaching the lost, it's to build a bigger church for their legacy. Okay. Um, But if we get back into building the church, the church is God's people. The church is when the when the buildings are destroyed and the Bibles are are made illegal, then we're going to know who the real church is, Tim. That's true. That's where it, uh, it divides. Right. Once the once the concept of leisure is gone, once the ability to go to a nice, beautiful, air conditioned, ginormous cathedral, <laughs> and with the perfect sound system and the the light show and the youth rally type scenario, once all this goes by because it's made illegal. What will you do? What will Christians do? If their Bibles are removed from them, are they still going to be Christians and faithful to God? But you know, um, if you think about it, what Satan's doing right now is might be more, let's see, effective than taking it all away. Exactly. Because they're lulled into submission. Yes. Yeah, so you're right. If you take it all away, then you're going to have, you know, Maybe not half, but uh, a third of the real Christians be be powerful. But right now, you don't really have that just yet. 
Well, you're 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 saying something really good because but they're destroying churches all over the world right now. China is really destroying a lot of churches, as many as two hundred a, a day. Okay, well then that's not wise on them, in my opinion. Well, the, but if you look at if you go online, Tim, and you search at where Christianity is growing, it's growing in in countries where there's extensive persecution of the faithful. That's what I'm saying. Like they're they're making them more powerful than not. You see, so they take the right. way they take away the church, make it illegal, and then you got real Christians rising up, getting down to prayer in the power of prayer and then then they're in trouble well as you're allowing you're relying on you know that here's the here's the secret tim they know that they can be executed for their faith every single day they are disciples running from rome hiding from rome doing the work that they have to do for christ knowing that they might be beheaded, knowing that they might lose their life, they may, their children might be killed, their families might be taken from them, they may be put in prison forever for their faith. But that what makes we the, what we see in these countries is true faithful Christians living in a persecuted atmosphere, and the when you when you put that kind of heat, all the 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 when you when you want to make gold pure or still pure mm -hmm. you you put it under extreme heat and you boil it until all the purities come out of it you want to make water pure from be after being contaminated what do you do you boil it and you get it to a boil and and what is left all the the germs are killed and it it, it everybody knows what a still is the water actually travel becomes mist, leaving any contaminants behind, and that steam travels into another container. And what gets in that other container through all that harsh heat, boiling, being ripped apart molecule-wise, what's left is a pure water. Mm. Okay? And we are in an atmosphere where we're just now starting to see some of this. And what I'm saying is that the way that these Christians grew, grow in those atmospheres is by having, you, you know that there's doctors and nurses that are traveling into Africa and places and risking their lives every day to give medical care to the needy, okay? Right, and they, and they and they dedicate themselves to doing this. They know that they could be kidnapped, raped, killed, but they're going to serve God. And if China I, and China and the China Emperor Empire should be shaking in their boots because of it, you see what I'm saying? Because when they get down in the power of prayer with these real Christians, then the China Empire will, should be in trouble. Right, but see, you don't understand. Satan thinks he's greater than all that. Yeah, He thinks that everyone has a price, Tim. Everybody can be bought. All they got to do is put enough heat on, steam on, and, and fear on, and they will give in. You hear CIA. You see it in all the movies. And whenever they're interrogating somebody and they're waterboarding somebody, they always say nobody can last this. Nobody can. Everybody talks. That's right. the old saying. Everybody talks. Okay. They believe that if they do this with 
Christian people that they will give up other Christian people and they can hunt them down and eliminate them as, mm. as, as just like people they say that we've caused extinction of, of animals on the planet well they want to they want to do the same thing with Christians they want to make us extinct but they got to isolate us first they got to they got to filter us and they got to give the people that that Satan wants as many of the people he can, souls he can so he's going to put the pressure on knowing that the real Christians will come to light one day and he then he can go after them but until then he's transferring all these people into serving him and that's the way he sees it he sees the opposite of what you see okay right and what i'm saying is the is the opposite of what's going on now california with high taxes schools that 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 are teaching things that that immoral issues that i'm not going to go through them but there's an an anti-patriotism there are people out there, Tim, that don't want their kids in public school. There are people out there that don't want them in public school, but they have to work two jobs a day to make it. Right, right. It's hardly, it's almost impossible. It's impossible to homeschool, right? Yes. Okay. Well, and and so they start looking. And like you, Tim, you have two kids. My son has three kids. My other son has four kids. And they can't afford to put four kids in a in a Christian school that costs five thousand dollars a semester per child. Right. Okay. Very few have that kind of money. Exactly. So if we take this storm, Tim, and we create satellite schools basically, and we have their teaching online, and we have their schooling a teacher coming in the classroom one day a week that's volunteer because they're in a missionary minded set just like somebody volunteering people you know there's a candy stripers tim that 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 work at the hospitals that are volunteers and they commit two years to volunteering as candy stripers at hospitals yes yeah and there's people that volunteer for that are retired police officers that volunteer for the police now, some of these get paid a little minimum wage or they get paid a couple of dollars here and there, but most of them just get, they volunteer. They right. commit to volunteer. My mother was a candy striper. After she retired, she volunteered for two years at the, as a candy striper. And six months before um, she her term was up, they had her start replacing bedpans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doing dirty work, right? Instead of just being a candy store, so she said, "Look, if I'm going to work like this, I'm going to get paid for it." <laughs> okay, yeah. And so she quit being a candy striper. What I'm talking about, Tim, is teachers that are already credentialed, that are already in God's kingdom. Doesn't matter if you go to the Baptist church. Doesn't matter if you go to Pentecostal church. Doesn't matter if you go to the. You're an Amish. Doesn't matter what church you go. If you're God's child. If you are a servant of the Most High, then you can, and you're retired, or you're disabled, or for some reason you are, or you're wealthy and you just don't work anymore, you can become a volunteer teacher or teacher's assistant, and you can have, and the small churches can give inner city education, maybe for the cost of the books, the, mm-hmm. the materials, okay? And now we have tablets. Okay, so we might want to work toward getting tablets for the kids so they can, their school is online through some ministry. Okay, they can teach 
one teacher can teach kids all over the world via online inter, uh, uh, online services. Why can't we take this and put it in the small churches and have parents come in and one day a week, this parent, she teaches, she might teach soccer. Yeah. And another parent uh, to the uh, third graders and below. And another parent from three to fifth grade or sixth grade might teach mathematics. And one day a week, they come into the classroom, maybe Monday till noon, it's third up to third grade. They come in, they do their testing, they get their new assignments, and then they go, they, then parents can co-op, and one day a week, one day a week, a different parent has their turn. And they, all the kids go to their house, and they have two parents there, and these two parents teach all these kids oversee the teen education, homeschool education of these kids in a home one day a week. So if you have 10 kids one day and they're, they're different age groups, you might have what? Three parents involved, six parents involved. And every day only they may be with one parent half a day or two parents half a day for third and under. And, and so the, all the other parents can go to work. Hmm. So you, you, you have a volunteer system within the system that one day a week they're with, a, with an actual certified teacher. The other days a week, one day here, they're with a stay-at-home mom and another mom that, that, that co-op in, in overseeing the kids so they can have socialization you can take them to the park. You can, you know, have fun that one day a week and with one. And then the next day, two other parents have them. And in a five-day week, the teacher has them one, and parents rotate on their uh, having it. So they all get to work their full-time jobs, and they're giving up one half day or one day a week to educate their kids. Mm, yeah. Okay. So... And it's not going to start out huge, but you have all these Christians that want their kids in school. You in a in a in a Christian atmosphere taught the Word of God. You have another another uh, bunch of people that are patriots that might not be Christians, but they don't want their kids in public school. Now they're willing to put their kids in your school. You might have parents that aren't patriots, but they don't like the whole gender thing or the or or the the the. Uh, same-sex issues. There might be social issues that they don't like. Right. Maybe they don't want their kids getting vaccinated. Okay, so they they can homeschool them through this program too now, and it costs them little or nothing. Um, I guess how would this work with uh, the the governments? Would they get involved? Well, that's where the teacher comes in. That's where having a one-day teacher comes in in California. In other states, some states don't require it. Okay, so the parents have gotten together and organized a co-op, and they, and they, and and they get volunteer churches so that one day a week they can have they can have a class in that neighborhood for those people at that church. So, like your your church that you go to. One day a week, you the kids you you recruit from the neighborhoods around your church, and one day a week a volunteer teacher comes in, 
And the teacher may volunteer for a semester. She may volunteer for two semesters. She may decide that until she dies, she wants to be the certifier of the, the, the school and do the testing and oversee the testing of the kids. That may be what she wants to do in her retirement so and she, not collect the salary. She's already got her wage. So she would right? know that she would know what cur- curriculum needs to be. From, exactly. From she state. also knows what the law they the church local churches can investigate where they're at, what it would take for them to have a homeschool co-op at their church. Okay? And if they do that, then they can do outreach to the local neighborhoods that they, that are surrounding their church, like your church, and they can bring in kids that can't afford or don't or their parents don't want them to go to public school, and they can teach them in the classroom setting one day a week, and they get to homeschool with other parents that are switching off the other four days, and now you have a school scenario. That's very safe because you got two parents during every session, and those rotate, do not according to their, their work schedules. But they volunteer instead of paying money for their kid to be educated, they volunteer one half day or they volunteer uh, uh, one day a week. Okay, right. And they put and they work the rest of the days. But now you have a, a situation where the parents are in control of the education. You have it at a church. So now the church and the educational system is being taught from the Bible. They're being, they have, they have one day a week, they have a uh, 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 church service at the church at lunchtime where the pastor comes in. He says, the youth pastor comes in, he says a little sermon to the kids, called, does a, a, a call up front. Uh, the food is provided by the parents voluntarily. And or the kids can bring their own lunches and everybody comes in one day a week. They're getting the gospel from a pastor. They're meeting Christian counselors. They're meeting parents that that have faith in God. They're meeting other children. They're in an atmosphere where some of the children that are going to their school go to that church. And what's the chances of these kids starting some of these kids starting to go to your church, Tim? Probably pretty good. Right. And then after the child goes to the school a bit, goes to church there for a bit, what's the chances of the parents starting to come? Sure. Some parents would, would come, you know, and then they would volunteer. And then they could volunteer. And the parents that are volunteering are getting the word by osmosis. <laughs> they may not be Christian, but they're volunteering to sit in on a class where their Bible is being taught and Christ is being prayed for, the government's being, the God, the country, and our liberties are being prayed for, and what kind of effect could this have nationwide if the small churches adopted a system like this? Mm. Yeah. So Now our churches become mission churches instead of just churches. Well, you go sit on Sunday morning, and you sing, you know, uh, what do you call it, Tim? The really slow songs, uh, full note songs. Hymns. <laughs> Hymns. Yeah, and you hear a guy preach for thirty minutes. Okay, I know everybody's got to get to the restaurant real quick. You got turkey on, so let's go, go, go. You know, <laughs> no. Now all of a sudden you have a mission church where the only thing is reaching people, reaching the youth and the neighborhood for Christ, 
and you're using a local school to educate and if you got parents that don't know English Tim we have a mass amount of immigrants in California that don't speak English why don't we have Spanish education courses in our churches right where, where parents can learn English through the Bible okay wow so how would how would one start something like this basically it's simple first you 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 get a hold of your your other churches that you might be affiliated with or the churches within your city and you say hey do in the in the family of god do we have a credentialed teacher here licensed teacher you have to, you would have to do this in california and you register the the homeschool program under her license in California. In other states, they don't require this. So the church could actually start a school right there, and they the the, the setup of the school might require you know uh, uh, identifying the dean of education. It may have certain states may have different requirements, but each each church can go to the state and the local government and find out what is needed to to sponsor you're not having a you're not creating a school within the church you're sponsoring a homeschool program that just happens to be testing or at meeting at your church in one of the buildings one day a week oh okay so, so you don't have to affix the church as the school as a school you don't have to identify the license as a school all it is is it's just like having the the Alcoholics Anonymous at your church. It's just like having uh, uh, addiction aware of uh, uh, overcoming addiction at your church. It's just like having uh, uh, people who are addicted to to sex come and meet at your church. It's it, all it is 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 a, is another meeting event at your church. Well, that was my next question because I mean, how would you get around having to have a class or a school nurse? You know, because schools need a nurse now. Well, whatever the whatever the conditions are of that that the governing authority, you take that into you take that in, and then you then you pray to God about it. You have the whole church pray, and for the missionary minded, you'll God will overcome these. A nurse will pop up. Yeah. There's Christian nurses all over the all over <laughs> Fresno, all over the country, guys. By the way, there's there's licensed nurses, there's licensed uh, 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 teachers that would love to volunteer for something like this, especially if it was they could they could do their trade as a volunteer a little bit at a time, and it be considered a a, a mission action for God. See, we've we've quit believing that people will volunteer. We quit believing that volunteers are committed. But Tim, we we are in a time period in history when we have more people that don't work than ever in history. Hmm. The largest demographic of grow, growth in age categories is senior citizens. Right. And we have senior citizens sitting around doing nothing. Every day, they just watch TV. Okay, or they go to the or they go to the senior uh, uh, place, the senior club in in their city. The you know whatever the the one they join is, 
And they go there to, so that they have some kind of socialization. But children keep seniors young. Yes. Okay. I and, agree yeah. And they can volunteer. They they might have a you, Tim. We might have parents that every day between when the kids get out of school, normal school, public school, we have churches that are near schools, and we could have recreation events from three o'clock in the afternoon till five or six when the parents get off work and their kids can come there and play volleyball and throw a football around, maybe shoot some carom pool or play cards or dominoes or something. Mm -hmm. It's real easy to do a recreation time at a church. Okay. We just have to do the volunteer work. We have to get people committed to doing that. And guess what? There's a ton of college students and high school students that are going for their degrees in those fields that can use this time as part of their internship. Right, right. They don't have to be paid. That's uh, what more Sunday. That's what Saturday morning soccer is. Those kids don't get paid. They volunteer through the recreation department to to help coach soccer and swimming and track. And the parents, they volunteer for PTA, such things like that. Right. And so now we have a situation where the parents are more involved in the kids' education. The the kids are being re recruited because it doesn't – we have a perfect storm, Tim. We have high cost of, of private school education. We have terrible things going on in our public schools that people don't want their kids there for. We have families that can't afford to send them to, to private schools, and we have people that that um, that are not working right. for retirement or whatever yeah. that are Christians. And we have facilities, Tim. We have buildings beyond amount of buildings. And yes, we can small charge a small tuition if need be to offset the cost of the materials. And to pay the lights, electrical, and maybe kick back uh, 10% or something to the church, okay? But when the church looks at it as an income source, then they start getting greedy because they think it's the way to support their church from dying, to <laughs> right. fund their church. Right, and, that's... And, that's where, and that's where they've gone wrong because once you start doing that, well, guess what? Every year you increase the cost of uh, on your student, the families. Because you want to have a new building. You want to build a new sports facility. You want this and that. All of a sudden, it becomes a business. Right. It has to be a mission. Okay? We can pull up tents on in the yards, on most in the parking lots, in our churches, and have extra facilities, temporary. And so, guys, if you like this idea that Jack has brought up, I want you guys to email us and share your thoughts on it. Because maybe something like this could get started in your neighborhood. Um, I, you know, uh, first things first, right? So email us at letsgetjackedup at gmail.com. With any questions. With any questions or thoughts. Right. And, and don't look at it. Pray first. Call the Holy Spirit in and say, how, through missions, can we take, take, can we grow in this perfect storm? We have the perfect storm for growth, okay? 
If we do right now, if we start educating the children that of, of, of patriots that don't want their kids in public school, uh, educating the, 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 the kids of parents that don't want their kids in public school because they don't want them being taught sex stuff at five years old. Yes. Or that they, they can choose to be a girl or a boy. It's they're not just because they're born that way doesn't matter. If you don't want your children being taught this stuff, you're going to look for alternative methods to, to get them educated. Your hand, their hands may be tied, Tim, because there's no opportunity, no option to, to send them anywhere. So they're going to be, if there's free education uh, or pretty much free education that's going to get the education their kids need that in the atmosphere they want, are they going to take advantage of it? Hmm. Okay, this grows the church. This is a grassroots, missionary-minded concept that has been done throughout countries all over the world, including America, as we started go spreading across the United States. When, when we were in 13 states, guess what happened? Missionaries went to other states and opened one-room churches where they also immediately started schools teaching the kids how to read and write and learn English from whatever Native American language or his Spanish that they spoke. They got an education. The parents were so tickled that their kid was going to get an education that they brought them in, even though they might not have believed the same way. And these kids accepted Christ. Now we're on Indi every Indian reservation and every Indian nation in, Cal in America. Okay. Some of the most faithful Christians are Native Americans. Some of the most faithful Christians used to be Catholic. Hmm. Some of the most faithful Christians used to be atheists and Chinese and and Buddhists and Hindus. Okay. Hey, I have a question. Do you know this? Uh, the Catholic schools. Do you have to pay to get into those two? Yes, that's okay. why they're very expensive. Okay. You have to be somebody in the Catholic Church to get your kids in a Catholic school. Wow. Yeah, I'm not yeah they I'm make not a lot of money. Why do you? How do you think Christian schools got the concept of charging big bank for their big bucks for their education through the Catholic system? Because they mimic the Catholic system. Okay, but we have tons and tons of, of parents right now that that are dealing with the COVID issue. Right. And they don't know that they want their kids in public school. But they can't have them home because they're not home to homeschool them every day. A co-op where parents volunteer to join the organization and take it upon themselves to be the educators, to be the assistants in the education one day a week, can still work their jobs. They can still have their incomes. They can still, but it's no longer a PTA. They actually have control and power over what their kids are being taught and you know the only, con the only concept is here is that they're being taught from the word of god and you got to keep it in prayer because you know darn well that especially the state of california is going to fight that somehow tooth and nail if it right. does come but to fruition but that's what missions are yeah you, do you think these this guy that everybody talks about who starts boys uh or boys missions uh boys for homeless boys in Islam in countries, he's built like 
nine of them now in nine different countries. They now they they arrested him a while back, and and people were saying Christians were saying, well, you know, they behead people over there. Why would you ever put yourself in that kind of harm's way? <laughs> well, this is not a true Christian that would say that. <laughs> this man who starts these boys uh, for uh, schools for homeless boys, Christian schools for homeless boys. He w- was missionary minded. He gave up his life. He accepted death before he started his first mission in Islam, in an Islamic-controlled country. Think about that, Tim. We have to accept our death. We have to be willing to give it all. And then nothing will be able to stop us because God's Holy Spirit will empower everything we do. Mm. And by him being imprisoned, guess what? It's increased the faith of the other people. Just like <laughs> just like a disciple being put, put in prison or beheaded made the church grow. The longer that the, the John was in exile, the church grew from just his letters. Take that, Satan. That's right. The more he put pressure he puts on, the more he inflicts harm upon us, the greater God's spirit moves on this planet. Okay. We have to be ready. COVID was the perfect storm for Christianity because as people start dying from the vaccination, people, more people start dying because of the vaccination doesn't work. The, the more people that, 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 that come under the, the, the iron fist of dictatorship, the more freedoms they lose, the more they're going to pursue God. We're in a perfect storm for this to take place in every community that we have a church building and a pastor and it doesn't matter what your denomination is i don't care what you believe that's between you and god does it matter that you believe different than me i can my whole family tim i don't there's not one of us in our family that agree a hundred percent on what we study what we've been shown in the bible i don't know any church that everybody in the in the in the congregation agrees on everything they just did a survey of how many people believe in the virgin birth. And 40% of the people in churches today don't believe that it actually was a virgin birth. Wow. Okay? Yeah. But wait a minute. Can't you be inseminated like they do horses and not have sex? What is virginity? Virginity means that you had, you, you had copulation. You had sex. Right. We can now have test two babies by injection. Right. Yeah, they do it all the time with people and horses and animals. They take and they can they can take uh and and inject a woman into her ovary or whatever it is and start a baby. They have birth pods now where you know, they got machines basically. I mean, you got your your sperm and your egg, but they're growing them in a birth pod. Right. There there's there's mothers that that volunteer to be to carry uh, uh, babies for other pa- other mothers that can't have babies, and they artificially inseminate them with the sperm and the eggs of the of the other mother, because their body rejects the the baby. So they find a surrogate mother, right. someone to carry the baby. Okay. What's that movie? You, What's that movie? That, that's a, isn't that a isn't that a virgin birth? <laughs> yes. Okay, and the Bible clearly talks about an insemination. 
It says that the Holy Spirit came up overshadowed and came upon Mary. And she was with child. It didn't say that that they had physical sex. Right. But but anyhow, you guys, if you think this is a good idea and uh, you want to try this in your own neighborhood and, and you're... Uh, pray about it. Yeah, pray about it. And then email us because we like to hear uh, what you have to think and what say in questions. Right. And the other questions I have, Tim... Is if that if you if you don't want to do this, pray about it, but it, leave it to God and follow His leading. But right now they're taking away our liberties. Right. Or maybe- yeah, I would challenge every person who listens to this podcast: if they took away your Bible tomorrow, if they outlawed, if they said it was you could be beheaded or killed like they do in Saudi Arabia and other Islamic countries, that if you're even caught with a Bible verse on your phone, you can be put in prison or executed as as uh, making war against Allah. If they made a law like that in America, would you still be a Christian? It, it, would you still love God? What would that love be based on? Would it be based on your relationship with a living God, knowing his love? Or would the, or would the relationship fizzle out and be gone? If they outlawed your church or you to to go to church online, if if your spiritual connection with Tim and Jack was eliminated and you were alone in your spiritual belief within your entire family, you're the only one that that loved God or said claimed being a Christian, would you still be a Christian or would you give in? And this is who we're calling on. We're calling on the people that are willing to look at their own life and their own beliefs and put it under the fire, the test. Are you truly born again? Are you truly in love with God? Is God everything to you? Are you willing to step out on faith and do what is necessary to reach the lost and to save the children of this planet? That they, are you going to be a Christian? Are you going to serve God if everything was taken away and you could be martyred today? Wow. Would you still claim your faith in Christ? Would you still live for God? And here's where it gets really good, Tim. How would you go about living for God? What would living for God mean? You couldn't tell anybody you're a Christian. They'd kill you. We see this in Saudi Arabia. We see one one lady listen to John Hagee Ministries on the radio. She accepted Christ in secret. She couldn't tell anybody. She was filled with joy. She was had so much joy. It was like just flowing out of her. And she felt she had to tell somebody, Tim, she would burst at the seams from the light of God and the life of God if she had not. Her family recognized this joyful change in her personality, and nobody knew what she had been. What had happened? They didn't know that she was forgiven of all of her sins, that all the weight of the world had been taken away from her. All they know is that this child that normally didn't smile now had a bright and shining smile every day and was seeing her demeanor went from sad to happy every single day. And so one day in in this 
movement of the Holy Spirit, she told the person that she thought loved her the most, that she was closest with, her own brother. Yeah. And he killed her. Yeah. I remember that story. Yeah. Are you willing to be killed by a family member for God? We have to get mission-minded, Tim. This is the call. This is the call right now to all those who would submit. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing your Holy Spirit to speak through us once again. This is your concepts, your glory. This is your way, not mine, not Tim's. We come to you, humble servants, asking for redemption of all the sins, asking for your light to shine through us, asking for this word. The Bible says that your word shall not return void. See, I believe that your word is love, kindness, understanding, forgiveness, that these things are in our a, from a relationship with the one and true and only living God. The Bible, as much as I love it, has no bearing on whether or not I love you. Mm. Let us come to you, Lord, and humble ourselves and show us mercy. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, folks, that was uh, that was pretty good. I must say, uh, thank you, brother, for your uh, thoughts. You know, the Holy Spirit moves in you, and uh, you feel it. You know, I felt it over here. So, God bless well, you, my friend. Yeah, I tell yeah, you, it's not. Uh, here's here's another thing. I just read it on Facebook the other day. God doesn't call the capable. <laughs> he call he calls the the broken. There's not a minute there's not a minister on the planet that that isn't broken somehow. He calls the willing. Mm. And if you're willing to hear the spirit of God, if you're willing to act on what he says, my gift from God is the ability to speak to anybody at any time about anything. That's what he gave me was a voice. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I'm not afraid of the opinions of anyone. Because I know that they're not an opinion against me. They're opinion against God. And I'm his creation. And he made me a special individual for a purpose. Mm. Just like he did you, Tim. You are gifted. And I see the gifts in you. And yes, there are people that might not. There's people in our that listen to the show that might not feel that they were made special. But they were made individuals for God's purpose. And if they allow themselves to, to be embraced by the Holy Spirit, if they allow themselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, and they're willing to step out on what the Holy Spirit tells them, I don't even care, Tim, if it's in denial of what I say, because the words aren't mine. It, it, it has no bearing on me. It, it's like a salesman, Tim. If the if the customer says no, I don't want that. It's not a not a doesn't say the salesman's no good. There's a whole bunch of reasons for people not to buy. Right. And most of it is from their own point of view. Right. Or uh, they don't have a need for that. 
Well, guess what? Everyone needs God. Everyone. And right now, before the superhero, so to speak, rises to you know the beast system, this is the time where people can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and still be saved. That's right. And here's the other thing, Tim. It's like the, as I said before, it's like the, you know, back in the day, cowboy and western times, uh, uh, and the cowboys, the Wells Fargo people, they were, you know, the the male, the riders, they would they would take the mail, and they'd ride to a, to another town, maybe thirty miles away or whatever, and they and and they were delivery, and they'd ride through hostile Native American or Indians, as we called them at the time, territory. And a lot of them would get killed. And a lot of them would be, you know, uh, tortured. A lot of them would be scalped. Yeah. But they, but they did it anyway because the message had to get through. The mail had to go from the people that in the town that they were with and get to the next town so that it could be distributed. That's Th- where... Their whole... <laughs> Huh? Is that where the the saying "Don't kill the messenger" came from? <laughs> well, that was when when one king would send a message to another king, and and it was a message that the other king didn't li- wouldn't like, and they would be like in in, in when you watch the movie Three Hundred, yeah, he te- the Spartan king Leonidas tells the messenger, he says, "Be careful what you say." Because even here, a messenger is held responsible for the words that come out of his mouth. Wow. Okay, so they killed messengers there. And so the saying was, don't kill the messenger. It's not a message from me. It's a message from the king. Right. And in the movie movie Gladiator, they sent a messenger, a negotiator over to negotiate with the Germans at the very beginning of the movie, and they beheaded him. And they sent him back tied to the top of his horse, oh, yeah. and, and 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 they said, "Well, I guess they rejected our me- our, our <laughs> message." Okay, right. Yeah. Messengers, and by the way, the disciples, most of them were tortured and killed, beheaded. Right? Those were some were in ex- exile for their entire life to the Isle of Patmos. Okay, and other places. So. By their loss, because they were willing to lose their life, just as these mail delivery guys did, just as the messenger did for the king, showing their faith in the king, showing their loyalty to the king, these disciples actually, through their steadfastness and not having a price, not giving in to the world, being hunted every day. Do you think that they were in the upper room when Christ appeared before them mm-hmm. after his crucifixion? Do you think that they were in the upper room uh, just lounging? No, they had all the windows closed, the doors closed. They were hiding from the Romans, okay? Everywhere the disciples went, they had to do it in, and preach and teach in secret. In secret. Right, because they could be executed, arrested and executed any day, any moment, any time. But they knew that their life was forfeit to do God's will. Are we willing to accept that our life is forfeit as messengers? We're not responsible for the way it's received. We're not responsible for how many part accept Christ. We're not responsible for the the making that the message is, is worded perfectly. 
we're responsible for taking the message from God and delivering it to the people. What people do with it is between them and God, not between me and God. I'm just the messenger. You're just the messenger, Tim. The message that God gave today in this podcast was that there that we are in the perfect storm to do outreach in the missionary way. The disciples, the greatest proof that Jesus Christ was God was their steadfast faithfulness until till, till death. Mm. They never gave up. Good lesson. They could, yeah. They knew that they could be killed any day. They lived every day after Christ left the planet, after his crucifixion. They lived every day knowing that they could be killed. They could be executed. They could be hunted down. They could. There's bounties on their heads. There's bounty hunters looking for them, Tim. They knew that they were wanted men. They knew that they were outlaws. They knew that they were outcasts from society. But yet they kept the ministry up. And many of them were tortured and beheaded and parted into pieces and sent all over the country as a message to anyone else that would preach the gospel. Okay? Right. And guess what? They stood fast in their faith. They didn't have a price. I, uh, the CIA couldn't make them talk through waterboarding. They couldn't do it. And this is the greatest testimony to the existence and the ministry of Jesus Christ on planet Earth that there could be. Amen. <laughs> That's right. Right? Yeah. Noah took a hundred years to build an ark. There were so many testaments to God, the animals coming, the wood being made available, the, the time that he stayed faithful and built the ark. He was a messenger, but he wasn't received well. Mm. Well, will you be that messenger too? You know, that's a good lesson. That's right. And the me the way that we give the message in today's show, Tim, is by taking all these buildings owned by God, all these ministers of God, all these volunteers that are teachers and nurses and whatever, custodians that have free time and manage it in such a way that we start educating children and if we educate the children of today we educate the grown-ups of tomorrow hmm. it's a there's a legacy involved we got out of the teaching business in america we got into the profit making t centers in america <sighs> God call us calling us home. It's time. We have we have an ark to build, Tim. Yeah, it's time. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, until next time. I mean, again, please email us if you have any questions or thoughts on this. Maybe you have a different idea. We'll love to hear it. Or maybe you want to be a part of something like this. Yeah. It's God's. It's not Jack's. It's not Tim's. Right. 
God showed me this. His Holy Spirit opened this up and put it in my heart and my mind. It's not mine. Exactly. There's no way I could own it. I'm not selling material to do use for educational material. I'm not selling T-shirts and hats and asking for money. Nope. <laughs> Let's get jacked up at gmail.com is where you want to send your questions or thoughts. All right. With that, I want to say God bless you, Brother Jack, and everybody listening. And I appreciate your listenership. And um, spread this and share this podcast with your friends. It needs to be heard. Hey, share part or all. We Share what you think you need to share, okay? We're not, we're not going to sue you. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is God's. This is God's. It's not ours. It's God's. Amen. <laughs> Expand on the concept. Grow it where you're at. All right. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you next God time. bless. Remember to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Get Jacked Up. Check out our website at letsgetjackedup.com. Listen and download our episodes from our website, the Spreaker app, and, of course, at fringeradionetwork.com. Listening to us on the Fringe Radio Network.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.